time, we're not reaching the, the re- what we say we want with the speed to the scale or with the ease that we say that we want. Um, we're getting something out of it. You are listening to Amplify Your Success Podcast, episode 292. And today, let's discover the fundamentals required to make world-changing impact. You ready for this? Let's get started. Welcome to the Amplify Your Success Podcast. Get ready to ramp up your revenue, amplify your impact, and make your mark in the world. This is the show for experts, thought leaders, and service professionals who want to shatter their limits and achieve that next level, you're going to find out from other experts and influencers how they made it. Now, let's get amplified. Hey there, inspired entrepreneurs and business leaders. It's Melanie Benson, your host, authority amplifier for expert-based entrepreneurs. And today, we're in for a real exciting conversation about world-changing impact and who we need to be and some of the things we need to work out in order to have that kind of impact. You know, having coached entrepreneurs and change makers and thought leaders since 2000, I've met a lot of people who want to have a positive impact on the world. And every time there is a block for them, typically there is a fundamental breakdown in what they believe and what their actions are, their habits and how all of those come together. And so today's guest is going to unpack that a little bit for us and help us see where we really need to put some energy and focus. One of the big doing parts, so there's the being and there's the doing, there's what we believe and what how we're being in the world and then how that translates to our actions. And one of the doing parts where the action comes in is how we get our message out in the world. I've been meeting with a lot of people about how they're going to leverage podcasts and other people's stages and audiences. And I keep hearing people say, I don't really believe I have a message. Well, I'm going to challenge you on that. I think you do. I think what happens is we oftentimes don't know how to put all the puzzle pieces together and we don't really understand what our superpower is and how we can leverage that superpower in a way that's monetizable and attracts our ideal client. And I understand that plight. I've been through it a couple times. And as I've evolved over the years, I've had to retool it several times. And I always go back to my seven-step framework. And that's the seven-step framework that I teach my clients. And if you would like to learn what the seven-step framework is, these are the seven, you might even call them factors, required to... Um, figure out what your superpower is, how to monetize it, and then how to showcase it in in a way that's irresistible, compelling, and magnetic, not just to ideal clients, but to people who are looking for other experts to showcase to their community. This is a very powerful system, and it's worked to help me build a multiple six and seven-figure business over the years, and I would like to share it with you absolutely free. If you go to amplifywithmelanie.com, you can get a downloadable copy of it, and then I'll send you a few email tips to help you unpack that and give you access to a training to really lean into the number one piece of the puzzle that I think makes it all work. So again, that's amplifywithmelanie.com. Now, Let's get in to today's episode. Welcome back, Amplifiers. Today, we're talking about three inner fundamentals to make 
the world-changing impact that I know you were put on this planet to make. Let me introduce you to my guest, Spencer Snickerd. She is an executive transformation coach, a trainer, and a speaker, and she helps visionary entrepreneurial women leaders break through their upper limits so they can turn their mission into a world-changing movement without the life-sucking consequences. I love that line. (laughs) With 25 years of experience, Spencer helps clients get out of their own way, release self-limiting beliefs that put a ceiling on their revenue and impact so that they're achieving multiple seven figures with their business and enjoying a life of their design. Spencer has a degree in psychology and extensive training in leadership in ontology. She's a success principles trainer, a yoga instructor, a professional certified coach who brings a sense of play and humor into all her work. Well, Spencer, I've been looking forward to this conversation so much. Thank you for joining me today. Me too. Thanks so much for having me here. Hey, before we drop in, I've got a question I know some of my guests are going to, or some of my uh, listeners are going to be uh, curious about, what is ontology? (laughs) You know, I love that. So many ask that, and I actually have left that in on purpose because it's always like a great conversation starter icebreaker. So yeah, ontology, um, I think there's actually a couple different definitions if you look it up, but the one that I mean is that it's about the science and the study of being because mm-hmm. we are human beings, not human doings. And so it's on the beingness of our humanity. And um, we'll, we'll certainly talk more about that as we get into our conversation, I'm sure. But just that it's not who we are, uh, our existence, if you can, can you know, want to just kind of sum it up as that, isn't limited to these physical bodies we're housed in. It's more the, what, the unseen, the non-local stuff that drives mm-hmm. us. Well, I've been looking for this conversation because you have one line in your topic and, you know, I'm all about creating these compelling magnetic topics and you certainly nailed that from my point of view. Woo, yay. Um, yeah. You know, it's like, it, it, because it's relevant and what I find so relevant is I know that our listeners, and if you're listening in right now and you are a world changer too, then, you know, I'm talking to you, but most of the people who are attracted to amplifying their success, they want to make a greater impact in this world. And yet there's something blocking that. Yes. And you talk about these three inner fundamentals that are necessary to be able to rise into that impact level. What are those? Yeah. The three are alignment, insight, and reinvention. And so alignment with uh, who all of who we really are as spiritual beings on a soul level, who we are, what we're here for, what matters most to us is what I really hone in on for alignment. Um, Insight to recognize the aspects of our humanity that can get in the way of that alignment, things like fear and doubt and feelings of not enoughness. And then reinvention, the ability to really bring those two parts, our spiritual self and our human self, to integrate those two into one, bringing your full self-expression into your whole human experience. Mm. Well, you had me at alignment. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I picked up from a few episodes I listened to that that's a thing for you. So I figured we'd have a great conversation about that. Well, you've got me really curious though, from your point of view, why is it one of the three fundamentals? Yeah. Well, I mean, there, I feel like I could go on for multiple episodes just about that, but to try to hone it in, One of just the most direct reasons is because I believe if anything is out of alignment, you will sabotage yourself. Mm. 
in an effort to save you from yourself. It's, it's guided or driven by a desire to save you from yourself. But if anything is out of alignment, that's almost always where sabotage starts to play in. And that oftentimes I think is also where that lack of a sense of real fulfillment and joy and satisfaction come from. If, you know, if, if one or two things are going great, but even one other thing kind of stinks, you're not going to have that sense of, of fulfillment and achievement and joy in the journey. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And I've definitely seen that. Uh, okay, so I want to unpack. Can we just unpack alignment just a little bit more? Yes, because this yes. is so powerful. We haven't talked about this a lot outside of my own solo episodes. But I think sometimes people don't know when they're aligned and when they're not aligned. Yeah. How yeah. do they evaluate that or recognize when they are in alignment versus not in alignment? And maybe it is self-sabotage. <laughs> well, yeah, I, exactly. I that up. I guess it wasn't in alignment, right? Yeah, exactly. So I actually, I mean, I, I have a, a bit of a, um, it, it, like an exploration I guide people through on this to, to help um, where I give some examples that people can relate to. And so it, I, I think it would be longer here than for our episode um, would really cover. But the, the gist of it is, I think, starting to even recognize, I, I mean, I always start with people on what do you want? What do you really want? What's not just what's the business you want or what are, what's the goal or the result of the business you want, but what's the life you want to be living? I'm a big proponent of create, design the life you want, and then build the business to fit into that. Don't, you know, focus on the business only and then try to squeeze your life around it. <laughs> and so, you know, even to answer your earlier question, to just think of what is alignment, I think of it like alignment on a car. If you've ever driven a car that's out of alignment, you know how there's a level of effort that has to go into keeping the wheel the wheels straight, keeping things on track. It takes more focus. It takes more attention. It just takes more energy to kind of keep things in. Whereas when the car is aligned, you can literally, if you're on a straight road without a, a you know, a steep grade to it, you can literally take your hands off the wheels and it just goes. So it's really, I think of it in that same way with the, who we are, what we're here for and what matters most, starting with like, you know, who's the person that you really if you feel like you don't know who you truly are, who's the person you want to be? Who's the kind of person you aspire to be? Make it up. We make it all up anyway, quite honestly. So, <laughs> so really true. getting clear on who do you want to be? What's the kind of person? How do you want people to describe you? Um, you know, what you're here for purpose, like you said, so many of your listeners are mission driven, world changing people are on a, you know, that want to be changing the world. So what is that purpose? And are you living in full fulfillment and expression of it? Part of what got me started down this whole path of the people that I've chosen to work with was because I was at multiple business events um, over the span of a couple months where different people stood up, just amazing, strong, powerful, just incredible women who stood up and spoke so passionately about what they do and why it matters and the difference they want to make. And yet I knew there was also these things of like, but they're not putting themselves out there because they don't want to be icky and salesy, or they're afraid of what their family or their friends are going to think of them if they show up in their fullness, their full awesomeness and to their full degree. And I was thinking, my God, there's all these passionate, powerful, amazing people that could literally change the world. And they're holding themselves back because of those inner fears and doubts and limiting beliefs that are getting in their way. Mm. You're talking my language here. You're talking <laughs> my language. Um, I see this every day and you're right. You know, the story we tell ourselves inside our head doesn't always match the passion and the drive and the ambition we have to make an impact. 
Yeah. And you and I are talking in the green room about what's contributing to that. I want to just deep dive into that today, because if we can do anything from this podcast, if you and I, as uh, owners of our own bodies of work can do anything to empower people to achieve their goals, it's to shatter these internal limits we are establishing that have absolutely no foundation in the truth. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's what we've made up. You said that yes, earlier. Yes, <laughs> totally. Reality sometimes has nothing to do with it, even though we think it is, because we think that our view of the world is how the world is, but really it's just based on our lenses. Yeah. You know, if I was wearing blue colored lenses, the whole world would appear to me as blue. And if I'm looking at something yellow through those blue lenses, I'm going to be a hundred percent certain that it's really green when in fact it's actually yellow, but it's just, my view is tainting it. Yeah. And, and just to take that analogy a little bit deeper in my work, and my experience, somebody may have given you the glasses at some yes, point yes. and said, this is what the world looks like, yes. but we choose to keep putting them on because it's a pattern and it's a conditioning that we live into. Yeah. So let's unpack that a little bit because in my experience, and I think you too, mindset has a huge impact over yes. whether or not you choose to keep putting the blue or yellow glasses on. <laughs> yes. I'm going to ride that metaphor to the end. By yeah, the way. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about what you see happening with mindset. And, and let's just yeah. clarify what we mean by mindset, because mm-hmm. a lot of people define that differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, to me, mindset is pretty broad, but it's essentially the way you see the world and the way you see yourself and your place in the world. Um, but it, it, you know, to me, it's ultimately driven by I mean, really, for lack of a better way to put it, it's it's all ultimately driven by survival. We are, this gets into the insight leg of the three things. We talked some about alignment. And then I said insight into the aspects of our humanity that tend to get in the way of that alignment. And so part of that is we ultimately, our number one goal in life is to survive. We're still essentially wired with caveman brains, afraid that there's a saber-toothed tiger waiting outside the cave, waiting to haul us off and have us for dinner, which I know is a little graphic, but, but that's really how we're living life every day. And we, you know, we think not, we think we're so evolved and so beyond that and that that's not happening. Even It's funny, even despite having just gone through a global pandemic that literally had our survival at stake, many of us still kind of forget that survival is our driving thing. So, um, you know, all of the stuff about our humanity, it's all related to some level of fear that ties to just that human instinct to survive. So those beliefs, part of what's really causing those beliefs and those different interpretations or those different lenses is that we're constantly looking out at the world, assessing with, with all of our senses, really, um, where's the threat, where are the potential dangers? And so when things were just naturally designed to put meaning on things immediately, like, oh, this is good. This is bad. This is safe. This is not, this is danger. This is, um, you know, all these different things that we're constantly assessing. So, Yeah. So that's, I mean, a big place of how those lenses get shaped, but then to go even further with that, one of the big stories and lenses we have is about our identity and who we think we are because we perceive things at an early age of like what gets some the warm and fuzzy from mom or dad or whoever our caregiver is, what seems to get us praise and attention and love and what seems to get us scolded or a raised eyebrow or kind of pushed aside or not paid attention to. We're all just ultimately trying to not get kicked out of the cave, but we start to take on this idea of who we need to be to stay safe. And then we start collecting more and more evidence for it. And eventually that becomes who we think we are. Mm. Yeah. 
That's very powerful. <laughs> I'm just thinking back through all the times, you know, in my own journey, <laughs> I've become aware yeah. of how that played out for me. Yeah. So I've got something kind of hopping around in my brain. Yeah. And I don't know if this is anything that you've seen a connection around, but, you know, I've, a lot of people are starting to show up in Amplify Inner Circle and in the work that I do uh, with trauma. Mm. And that trauma is factoring in to their mindset. And I'm just curious if you've seen that play out in a certain way around whether they're limiting themselves or it's giving them fuel to grow or both. Yeah, I think it's both, quite honestly. And that's a big thing that I want to clarify with identity. You know, sometimes when I speak about it, I think maybe people think I'm demonizing it or like, oh, your identity is bad and you should get rid of it. A, I don't think you could get rid of it even if you wanted to or tried. And B, your identity has had great things about it that have led to where you are. It's contributed to your success. So just to make this more tangible with what you just brought up about trauma, um, first off, I think it's fascinating. Almost all of my clients have had some level of trauma. Um, in fact, I'm actually looking into getting certified as a trauma-certified or trauma-informed coach because I think it's a... Um, a good skill to, I have a degree in psychology, but I didn't go on to my master's and get like, a, I'm not, I wasn't like a licensed clinical social worker or anything like that. So um, anyway, I do think it plays in. And so just a couple, like one example, one of my clients um, was raised in a very small town in a mining town. Um, her father literally died while she was in utero uh, in a mining accident, was raised by her mother and grandmother who were legit cult participants, like they were in a cult, not just an extreme religion, an actual cult. Um, she had abusive stepfathers and I mean, just horrors from her youth. She was very driven to create something different for herself. She knew from a young age, like, this is not me. This is not my people. This is not my place. And um, she worked her hiney off to get herself out, like literally, I mean, okay, maybe not literally, but figuratively <laughs> clawed her way out, up and out of that life. Um, graduated, I think at age 16 as valedictorian of her class, put herself through college, went on to create a super successful seven-figure business, um, but ultimately came to me after she had been out of work for a year because she ended up in the ICU for, I think, almost a month. She was in the ICU from health issues, from running herself ragged because her identity was, I have to work super hard and like put in all this effort to, to keep myself safe, to get up and out of bad things and to make good things happen. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can see there's a history of success that it brought her, but it also cost her a lot too. And so she came to me saying, I'm starting this new business as more in a consulting role. Now she had a full service ad agency. She said, I don't want to go back to that. I want to do consulting but I want to do it in a new way. And I want to do it in a way that allows me time with my family and allows me to live the life that I want to live and, you know, be able to buy an RV and travel the national parks with my family all summer long and not feel like I have to go, go, go and work all the time. And it's been a process. We've been working together a couple of years now. And she had, you know, huge results immediately, like literally within two weeks paid off the entire investment of our first year of coaching, just based on the conversation we had about who did she really want to work with and what really lit her up and jazzed her and was she really charging appropriately for her services. And within about two weeks had booked a new client that covered the whole cost of the year and continued to grow from there. And by the end of the first year, sent me a picture of her standing in front of an RV, said, we just got the RV. We're headed off to whatever park they were headed off to. So things have been great, but it still sneaks in sometimes. So even to the degree 
of, you know, there was a, a, she's been planning to launch a funnel. And when we finally had a, like kind of a come to Jesus conversation about, okay, what the heck is going on? Why hasn't this funnel been launched yet? It's because she recognized we finally got to, she was still thinking, if I launch this, it's going to require more time and energy of me than I really want to give because I have to over deliver. So there's, there's always underlying things that we're subconscious to anytime you're not where you say you want to be, there is something going on under the surface that's holding you back. Yeah. I, I often call that the internal conflict. Yeah. You know, there's internal conflict about there's a part of me that knows I want to grow the reach, but there's another part of me that doesn't want to lose something else important. And so this conflict occurs. Yeah. Um, I think another thing that emerges uh, is the upper limit problem. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Hendrix popularized that, but what do you think contributes? What is an upper limit and what do you think contributes to that? Yeah, that well, that upper limit is that safety barrier, essentially. That's what I think it is. Um, it, it was a great book and great concepts. And it's one of those things where as I was listening through, I was like, oh yeah, this is like that that I talk about. And this is like that that I talk about. So many of us, I think, are plugged into some, you know, some of the same kind of stream of universal consciousness on these various things. And I'm sure that your work is the same as well. Um, so, so I believe the upper limit is some sense of a, a perceived safety barrier. And often it has to do, I, I really believe that the, I think, so I don't know that this is truth with a capital T, but what I believe and have kind of been operating from for a while is I think our identity has replaced the saber tooth tigers. So the, the saber tooth tigers are gone. Most of us don't have physical threats to our ability to keep a roof over our head or get food in our bellies or stay healthy or things like that. So the identity was like, girl, I got you. There's all kinds of risks and threats out there. I'm going to keep you covered. I got you protected here. And so the identity, I I've actually even been referring to it lately as an identity reflex, like just like when a, a doctor taps your knee and your leg kicks out. I think it's the same thing when there's any perceived threat, your identity kicks in to try to save you from yourself. And that I think is where the upper limit comes in. There's some perceived threat to what people are going to think of you or what would be possible. Or I have so many people that are hugely successful that say to me, you know, the more I have, or the higher I climb, the more there is, the, the more I have, the more there is to lose. And the higher I climb, the further there is to fall. And so there are, you know, a lot, just like a whole new level of fears that come up. And each mm. time we expand into that new territory, you know, that's even part of what the upper limit problem is about. It's not like there's one upper limit. It's what's your upper limit right now. And then when you manage to step into that new territory up to that new level, it gets more comfortable. It's not as threatening. You realize, okay, there are no saber tooth tigers here. I'm good until you're ready to expand into the next level, which is part of self-actualization from Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We, you know, the, as we grow and expand, we want to grow and expand more. And so then we get to the next level and go, uh-oh, <laughs> and go through the whole process all over again, which is exactly why, by the way, I just want to throw this in too, that I have so many people say to me, God, didn't I handle this already? Like I've done so much work. I've done so much inner work or therapy or personal development or all these things. And, you know, why is this coming up again? Well, because you're stepping into a new level. And so your same reflex, your old ways of handling it, that part of your brain believes is keeping you safe is kicking in again. It's like, okay, let's go into default mode. I'm going to keep you safe. Yeah. Um, you, you and I were talking about this earlier that uh, my friend, Sam, Samantha, Samantha Riley and I yes. uh, aired uh, one of our 
next level influence episodes here on Amplifier Success and the whole principle about every new level uh, unleashes a new devil. Yes. <laughs> Which yes. could also be called a new upper limit, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes it's the same devil. It's just coming up again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it changed the hat or the yes. glasses, right? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah, exactly. You know, something that comes up often with clients that I've worked with and people, you know, that I know in different um, paths along the entrepreneurial journey, I often hear a complaint that results are not coming at the speed they had hoped for. Yes. You know, yes. uh, or it's not reaching the scale of impact they envisioned, or it's harder than, <laughs> than they ever imagined. Yep. Um uh, what is the reflection back for somebody who is operating in that space right now? Yeah. So brilliant. I, I swear, I feel like I, I'm just going to tell your listeners right now, I didn't set her up for this, but I feel like you're so on cue because this leads right into our third piece, which is reinvention. So alignment, insight, and reinvention. And reinvention really, um, you know, I, I say reinvention, which makes it sound like creating something new, which in some ways it is, but it's not necessarily like inventing an entirely new you. I think of it more really as taking the armor off and being the real you. Um, but but the, to answer your question about this, I feel like anytime we're not reaching the, the re what we say we want with the speed to the scale or with the ease that we say that we want, um, we're getting something out of it. There's a benefit for being where you are and not where you say you want to be. And ultimately, again, this just comes back to perceived threats and a perceived sense of safety. So there's some subconscious sense of safety for being where you are versus the perceived threat of getting to where you want to be. And it's usually something around um, looking good or avoiding looking bad, like being worried about what people think of you. And so many people swear to me, oh, I don't care what people think of me. Yeah, you do. <laughs> so, so I know you might consciously think maybe it's part of your identity to act like you don't care what people think of you, but we all do. It's part of our survival wiring. Um, or maybe something about being right or making other people wrong or some version of like being in control or avoiding being controlled usually comes down to those three things. I refer to it as the unintended con. We're kind of BSing ourselves without even realizing it. It's an unintentional, unconscious thing because we're keeping ourselves safe from whatever that, that thing we say we want, we're afraid is going to have like unintended consequences of. Mm. So good. <laughs> um, so I know a lot of people who listen here, they recognize there's value in investing in their growth and, and to face these limits, to resolve these inner blocks that we experience. Uh, and maybe they've uh, invested in business development programs or they've invested in growing their business. Why do you think they should also work with a coach on their mindset and the personal development side of things? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Because it, it, it drives everything. Um, I mean, it's because uh, tactics are important. I'm not one of the mind, you know, there's a lot of people who call themselves mindset coaches who act like everything is mindset and tactics and strategy don't matter. I do believe tactics and strategy matter. And you're not, 
if there's mindset things going on, you're not going to fully implement those tactics or strategies to the level that you could, um, or with the ease that you could. Maybe part of your identity is like being an overcomer or super achiever, making things hard. You'll find ways to make it hard. And so just an example, not so much about the make it hard, but an example here, a, a client came to me, um, saying she had just started hitting about $10,000 months. She was, she was happy to finally be at her minimum point that she wanted to be at. She said, you know, I'd really like to make more, maybe 20 or 30,000 a month. And then she said, but I'm not one of those people who wants to make a million dollars. And I said, well, that's very interesting. I'm like, look, I'm not saying you should want to make a million dollars, but I'm super curious why you specifically don't want to make a million dollars. And as we discussed just in that first session, it started to become really clear to me. I said, you know, it kind of seems like you've got this either or thinking. And I know you're a big proponent of and. <laughs> so I know Melanie's a big proponent of and because I've heard you say it on other episodes before, which I love. My husband plays with me sometimes. I feel like I want to get it written on our family room wall. This, this um, statement he said one time was, babe, this is an and society. So I'm like, I want to get this as an and society written in our house. Love anyway, it. she had this either or thinking like either I can be successful in business and make a lot of money and be independent and travel and do all the things I want to do, or I can have a really great relationship, loving, fulfilling relationship. But, you know, when I said to her, you seem like you have this either, or she's like, well, yeah. And she said, you know, now that I think of it, she said, I've only known two families my whole life that were really genuinely happy and they were stone cold broke. My friends from those families could never do anything fun or go to the movies or go on trips or anything. And she said, and then everybody I knew who was really successful, including my own parents were multiple times divorced, or if they are still married, they're miserably unhappy. And, you know, it's just, it, it was totally an either or. And so as we talked about it and started to kind of unpack, okay, well, is that reality or is that a story you formed about it? She came back the next week and she said, you know, it's the craziest thing. I was on a plane last weekend and I noticed all these really seemingly happy and love couples in business class. And I figure if they're in business class, they must have money. I've never even seen that before. And so it was just this great journey that we went through. We only had a three month engagement and um, within maybe a month or two, because she was up for renewal, right? As COVID was starting. And so it was concerned about cash flow, And so she didn't renew within two months, she had was hitting a minimum of $40,000 months. So she had quadrupled her revenue because she started investing more in ads. She also, by the way, had met a new guy that she was having a great relationship with being herself, letting her armor down. And um, in the span of a year and a half, she's now making over $100,000 months and loving it. She said by the end of our engagement, she's like, you know, I'm thinking that million dollars maybe isn't so bad after all, and is now totally nailing it. I love that. It's such a great story. Yeah. We, we put our own limiter on, you know, it's like Absolutely. all that head junk is, is getting in the way. And so what I'm hearing you say is working with a coach, you're going to dial in the unique elements that are up for you that may or may not necessarily, um, get addressed in more traditional business growth programs. Bam. You totally nailed it. You totally nailed it. And, and it also, I think, you know, I wish I had had my own coach sooner because in my prior business, in hindsight, I see things where I totally should have invested because I was holding myself back because the thing is that your identity, your subconscious doesn't want you to see the things that it's doing to keep you safe because it's all mm -hmm. in place for a reason for this to protect you from these perceived threats. So it can, it's not that you can't see things on your own, certainly through things like journaling and learning some tools or ways to, you know, kind of some exercises to walk yourself through. You can sometimes have those aha moments or epiphanies on your own, but more often than not, it's going to be, it's subconscious for a reason and it can be very hard to see for yourself.
Just like if you've ever had a friend that like was with a boyfriend that you knew was terrible and she shouldn't be with, but you know, you can't tell her that she's got to like see it herself. Yeah. Get the blinders on. (laughs) Yeah. The oxytocin blinder. Exactly. We've got the blinders. So we need to like intentionally design that. I feel like that's almost like saying don't have a coach. But what I'm saying is we need to choose to design it so that we have someone saying, Hey, by the way, (laughs) did you notice you're doing this? Or did you notice that maybe this isn't working? Or maybe how could you do that differently to walk you through those things? It's very hard to see in your own blind spots and, and we adapt and condition our focus to, you know, like through our patterns and our beliefs and our, all of that. And so if we're not dialing into it, you know, that, that may not be your superpower. You may not be able to dial into where, where that gap is, but if you're trained in it, like you are, then that's going to be easier for you to uh, see for someone else. Yeah. hundred percent. Speaking of how someone taps into a coach. I'm imagining that as our audience today, our amplifiers are listening in, there's going to be some people who are going, she has totally called my number today. This is me to a T. (laughs) (laughs) And if that's you, please know we have all done this. (laughs) We all coaches have coaches. We all, we all need someone to shine the light on our blind spot. And um, I would love if you could share a next step that if somebody's like, I, I want to do this work and I want to clear out my blind spots and really get those three inner fundamentals in place, how mm-hmm. can they take that first step with you? Yeah. So with me, first step would be, um, well, I guess two ways. One would just be reach out to me directly. I'm on the socials and, um, Anyway, my website is spencersnaker.com. But since we're doing this through audio and my name is a doozy, um, if you'd like to get my free masterclass, it's a free one hour masterclass that um, truly is a masterclass. It's not, there is a pitch at the end, but it's not designed to be a whole, let me tell you how awesome I am all the way through. It actually walks you through some of that process I mentioned about being able to um, see where you're aligned or not. So there's like an alignment assessment built into it. And we go a little more into this idea of insight, how to see where you're getting in your own way and reinvention to let the walls down and and how to bring it all together. And so they can access that at transformingmillions.com, transformingmillions with an S on the end.com. Nice. And we will link that up in the show notes just to make it super easy. So you don't have to figure out how to spell Spencer's (laughs) last name. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So this is the time that I love. I mean, I've loved our conversation. There's so many, you know, great, moments that I know are going to just be life-changing for our community, but I like getting to know you better, you know, a little bit more behind the curtains. Um, Has there been one bold thing, something that took a lot of courage for you to muster up to be able to amplify the reach of your work today? Yeah. Well, I feel like I I maybe wouldn't even be doing this to the level I'm doing this now, um, had it not been for, (laughs) I'm going to be really crass, but just say it the way it's occurring in my head, kicking my ex to the curb. So (laughs) yeah, 14 years we were together. Um, and he initially was the one who asked for a divorce and I was kind of shocked and was like, what are we 12? You can't just break up with me. We got kids, we're married. And after a few months of trying to save it, um, I finally got to a point where I was like, why am I even trying to save this? I don't, I, not only do I not like him anymore, but I don't like who I've become in this relationship with him. And, um, and, and ultimately in the end, uh, he, there was something that was happening that I felt was very much manipulating our children who were four and seven at the time, little girls. 
And I remember thinking like, I am not going to subject them to this. They deserve better than this. And in that moment, the light bulb, the switch flipped for me. And I was just like, dang, Spencer, if this isn't good enough for them, why the hell has it been okay for you? And in that moment, it was just so clear to me, like, no more. I deserve so much better, and I am not going to subject myself to this anymore. And one of my best friends in the world said to me when I told her that we were splitting up, she's like, you know, Spencer, when I met you, you were a force to be reckoned with. And I was on the path to do this work at that time. It was in my early 20s. I discovered this work of coaching and transformation, and I was like, this is it. This is what I was put on this earth to do. And she said, you know, you were forced to be reckoned with when I met you and I watched you shrink for him. And I really think now, like for sure, that was the, the huge turning point for me to, um, to really step into my power and step into my purpose and step into what I was put on this earth for. Mm. I wish I had like a fire sound bite I could play right now. <laughs> a little sizzling. Yeah. That was powerful. (laughs) And I I definitely resonate with that. Uh, I think I might know how you're going to answer this, but what is one thing you wish you would have done sooner? Well, not, not kicking yeah, your ex to the, the curb. obvious might be doing that sooner, but honestly, I feel like I wasn't ready for it. Like I, I, I was a little, um, you know, I kind of recognized later how all of that was part of my identity, quite honestly, because part of my identity is like, I'm a Phoenix rising from the ashes. And he gave me lots of ashes to rise from again and again and again. Um, so yeah, you know, honestly, I think stepping more, just in general, stepping more fully into this work, I, mm-hmm. um, I, I, as I said, 25 years ago, I was starting this with a transformational training company and fully on track for this is the direction I'm going with my life. Um, sadly, I found them near the end of their 25 year run in business. They were one of the like 1970s human potential movement type companies. And so they closed their doors um, late nineties. And I ended up going into corporate when uh, Stephen Covey, seven habits and things like that were going on. And so I thought, great, I'll go do work like that in the corporate space. And it never happened. I mean, like five years I was pushing and pushing, like I want to do, I want to do more like leadership development or communication skills or things like that. And right as I finally got transitioned, I was going to go into the part of the company that did that. The company got bought out and obliterated that division. So I ended up kind of continuing to do the same non-inspiring work, Um, but I was able to do it working from home. And so that really, you know, that was a great turning point, but it's, it's one of those things in some ways I look back and think like, I feel like I wasted some time that I could have, could have been doing this sooner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my guess is you were becoming the person you needed to be to yeah. do it the 100%. way you do it now. Yeah. 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 Uh, interestingly enough, Stephen Covey was uh, my catalyst. Yay. Stephen yeah. Covey um, was teaching leadership in the corporation that I worked for. Yep. <coughs> Excuse me. And I saw the transformation and I was like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, we're coaching. <laughs> what it's is like, that? Yeah, at that point, like the ICF didn't even exist. Yeah. No, no. So uh, <laughs> the light bulbs went off and I was like, I'm in. And that's when that's I started awesome. my journey to learn coaching. So Yay. there was so many ancillary gifts that that man uh, brought to the world. Yeah. Spencer, thank you so much for bringing so many extraordinary insights today. And again, as you're listening in, I highly recommend if you know it is time to shatter limits, if you know it's time to become the change maker you are born to be. Check out Spencer's masterclass at transformingmillions.com and then report back and let us know how you're going to shatter those limits. Okay, bye everybody. 
Thanks for tuning in today, Amplifier. Be sure to join us right now in the Amplify Your Authority community at authorityamplifiers.com, and I'll share my seven proven tips to be a highly paid expert that stands out in a crowded market. Plus, we're going to keep this conversation going, and I want to hear from you how you're going to amplify your authority and make a greater impact. Before you go, please take a minute to give our show and our guests some love over on your favorite podcasting platform. Subscribe, rate, and review. Leave your full name, and I'll spotlight you and your authority on social media. 